As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those who are too scared to watch for themselves. Yeah, I saw your eyes get so scared that you were doing it wrong. And we have to leave it in because it's too funny. But you're killing it. Keep going. I'm Henley and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. <laughs> I'm Sammy and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them so that you don't have to. And we are missing our Emily this week. Oh my God. And I'm the hole is so deep. <laughs> like I'm a really a massive void. A huge void. I'm really feeling it because every single time Emily's not here, I forget that I have to do the opening and I fucking like can never remember it. And it makes me feel like... I have zero brain cells left, which I don't think I do. So that's fair. It's a fair assessment. My brain cells are gone. Jenna and I used to joke that we just had one remaining brain cell and we'd picture our brain cell in our brain, like really struggling to answer like all of the phones. Like I just had this visual of one brain cell in a room of like phones ringing off the hook and being like, oh God, oh God, oh God. (laughs) Really working overtime. Like sharing between the two of you? We had one each, but uh, sharing between us is also pretty funny. It would be really funny if you guys were sharing. That would be really cute, but maybe too much. Too much for a French single friendship. Yeah, yeah, true. But I relate. I relate to um, having no brain cells. So don't worry about it, Henley. I think they're gone. Perfect. They're so like out the window, gone. Um, okay. Besides having no brain cells, Sammy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did anything mm-hmm. scary happen to you this week? Well, I went to the dentist this week. Terrifying. Which normally I actually like going to the dentist because I'm a little freak. You are a freak. And I love my dentist. But I am sad to report that this time everything really hurt. (laughs) It's really painful. I don't know. There was so much blood. (laughs) What do you mean? Maybe it was a bad hygienist. No, he's the same guy. I love him. the same guy. Yeah. I'm shocked. I think it was just, I had gone longer than usual. So... It's been a minute. This time, or no, it wasn't longer than usual. I don't know. But my teeth had been kind of hurting lately when I'm eating sugar and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was anticipating a lot of cavities or something like that. But there there wasn't. I think I just have very sensitive gums now or something was mm-hmm. more sensitive than usual. And it was just, I had to get up like four times during it to rinse so much blood out of my mouth. <gasps> I was like, oh, your mouth's filled with blood again. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was pretty unpleasant. But then I... Um, was uh, my friend gave me a water flosser afterwards to mm. to help me with my oral hygiene so that maybe mm-hmm. it wouldn't hurt so much next time. <laughs> and I don't have a plug by my sink where a water flosser would normally go. So mm-hmm. I tried to plug it into the opposite side of the wall, hold the 
big water flosser thing immediately dropped it water went everywhere (laughs) and then it like turned on by itself and was spraying everywhere like a fire hose that was out of control (laughs) and i just got so immediately failed soaking wet from the water flosser but it was really making me laugh and i um bought actually a different water flosser and great news i like that one a lot so everything is back on track because you can get the kind that are just like a single one yeah, right? like a one that you charge yeah yeah yep. yeah, yeah that's yeah. what you, i needed yes and that's what i got i have one of those um i've had it for several years it's in my bathroom it's charging i have maybe used it one time ever they're an interesting uh, sensation i also got an electric toothbrush i, so I, I was just inspired to Mm-hmm, or really clean. extra motivated to up my uh, dental hygiene. Mm-hmm. And I've also noticed that with the electric toothbrush, when it turns off after the like two minute t- timer, it really reminds me of the feeling of when an escalator is broken and you have to use it as normal stairs. <laughs> where it's like all of a sudden it feels like this isn't right. <laughs> Such a perfect analogy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then trying to brush your teeth with it not being an electric toothbrush feels like what? Something is really wrong. Um, but I'm in, I'm enjoying the electric toothbrush and the water flosser. So okay, great. This is inspiring me. I to use the fucking like water pick that I have that I own. Um, also, I've been seriously thinking about getting Invisalign. Mm, I would re- recommend against it. Really? Have you had yeah, it? I did. I did Smile Direct Club. Sorry for. Oh yeah, you hate it. You and hated it wasn't Smile that- Direct Club. Yeah. I think it might have been user error. I don't know if it's necessarily Smile Direct Club's fault, but you have to wear them all the time. I know. At like like at least 22 hours a day, I think is what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing that. And so it was making my teeth like loose because they were moving, Ooh. shifting back and forth because I wasn't wearing it enough. It was awful. It was truly my nightmare. You know, that's my nightmare. Yeah, it's a bad dream. It's a nightmare. It's an actual nightmare. Um, Interesting. I'm still curious about doing Invisalign. I've kind of wanted to do it for a long time. Um, I have a dentist appointment actually next week where I was thinking about talking to him about it because I also grind my teeth so bad. So I'm either going to have to get a night guard or Invisalign. And so part of me is like, maybe I'll just get Invisalign, but it's also so expensive. And I don't know. Um, I forgot you had a bad experience with Smile Direct Club. Damn it. Damn it. That's like setting me back. Sorry. Um, okay. So I, the reason I only have one brain cell this week is because I'm so tired per usual. The scary thing that happened to me this week is that Saz got sick yet again. Like, little kids just get sick all the time. <laughs> Duh, everyone knows that. But um, he's had a fever for the past few days and has just decided that, like, the only way he'll sleep is on me. And so, mm. also, I'm five months pregnant now. And so, like, I'm lying on my... all lying on my back already is, like, kind of uncomfortable. But that's the only yeah. way that, like, it kind of works is that I, like, lean on my back against pillows and then he sleeps on me with his face on the pillow. <laughs> and every time I move or try to, like, put him down on the bed, he just starts, hyst- like, hysterically crying because he has, like, such a bad fever and he's so uncomfortable. And he, like, the only way he's comfortable is just, like, lying on me. And he's, like, a two-year-old so he's also kind of like bigger now right right (laughs) and 
and um, I'll try to transfer him to Tim, and he'll just start like screaming. And how much does a two-year-old weigh? Well, it can range a big range, and Sal's is way on the lower range because he's like a teeny tiny little little string bean, little string bean. So he weighs like twenty-five pounds, I think. Um, But toddlers can weigh. I mean, two-year-olds can weigh more, definitely more than that. Anyway, so yeah, so. Last night, I had a feeling it was going to be a bad night. So I was like, I'm going to go to bed at 8.45. And then he woke up at like 10.45. And then for the rest of the night was like crying and sleeping like on me. And then we made it to 6 a.m. And I like looked at Tim and I was like, we made it till 6. Like the sun was coming up. I was like, we did it. And then I was like, fuck, I have the rest of the fucking day ahead of me. Oh, my God. Oh, it sounds Um, really exhausting. I know. I know. so sorry. Because Tim also works all day on Sundays. And so it's just me and Silas is like so sick. We watch so much Encanto. Um, <laughs> like I've seen Moana for like the hundred thousand time anyway. So I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing this goddamn podcast with you. This is the only thing I want is to be I'm like happy as well. solo independent by myself on the computer. No one talking to me. You're touching me. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats. I guess Thanks. that that's happening for you right now. Thanks. And shall we get into this week's movie? Yes. Yes. Do what please. we came here to do. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about The Possession. Came out in 2012. Not to be confused with Possession that we covered recently. Mm-hmm. The set came out. I can't remember what year that one was. Very different films. Very, Very different, different films. Uh, this movie was directed by Ole Bornadal, Written by Juliet Snowden, Styles White. Based on an article by Leslie Gornstein. Starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Natasha Callis, Kira Sedgwick, and Madison Davenport. And it is streaming on Cinemax and available to rent. And we are very excited to be joined by a guest this week to discuss this film. The host of podcast She, Her, They. Welcome, kittens. Welcome. Hi. Hi. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to to talk about this with you guys. Oh my God. I can't fucking wait. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, how, how was your week? Did anything scary happen to you this week? Um, my girlfriend got a shutter subscription finally. <gasps> terrifying. So much content. Yeah. <laughs> too, too much. Too much. One yeah, there's, there's a um, lot. There's a lot on there. Yeah. I, I love horror, but my like my limit is much lower than hers. Like she Mm. can handle horrific stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I have to draw the line somewhere. And I, it was nice before when we didn't have shutter because there's (laughs) only so much that will be available on like other streaming sites. And here it's just fucking like everything and anything you can imagine. Yep. Um, yeah, so so that's been you know Uh-oh. she's trying to put stuff on and I'm like absolutely not we are not watching that before bed you're out of your mind where yeah. where do you draw the line do you feel like do you like do you like ghost stuff do you where is what's like the genre that you can't do what's the genre you love how do you feel I love I specifically really love religious horror like Ooh. I love I love a ghost but mm-hmm. I really love a like 
possession vibe and like, like an somebody exorcism. trying to do an exorcism. Love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love, love a haunted house, love a ghost, um, love like psychological stuff, love mm-hmm. witchy stuff, love vampire stuff. I do not like zombies. I do mm-hmm. not like gore. Mm-hmm. I just like, can't, it's too much to like, I just, it's too overstimulating. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, you know, was like crying with joy when evil dead came out. So, and I tried to watch the original one with her and I kid you not the whole time my hands were over my ass. I was like, cool. Yes. I've seen like two total seconds of this movie. Yes. <laughs> evil dead is particularly bad with gore and just like fluids in general. It's just back to back. Quite the gory franchise. God. Yep. There's no, there's no recovery time. It's just like back to back. Heinous. Yep. yep. So, yeah. That's where I have to like pause. Did did you um when did you get into horror? Did you like horror as a kid, or was there like a defining moment or a scary sleepover story or anything like that that got you into horror? I don't have a like, I don't have a reason for it. But when I was little, my mom would bring me and my brother to to like the video store to rent something every week. We could pick any movie we wanted, and for some reason, as like as little as I can remember, I would be going to the horror section and wanting to rent something from there. And I was so curious, maybe it was the like taboo element of it, or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I was too curious, Mm -hmm. but I would always be trying to like pick something up. And my mom's like, absolutely not. You're out of your mind. (laughs) And then I was so annoying about it for so many years that finally she's like, all right, you want to see a scary movie? Sit down. And she put on the exorcist. And I was like nine. A great starter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not, that obviously traumatized me, but I could not watch that again until maybe like, I think it was like two or three years ago. I was like, okay, I need to get over this because I know it's not that scary. I've seen way worse at this point. So let me like rewatch and reset. And now I'm like, oh, it's so funny. But yeah. How did you feel rewatching yeah. it? What was that experience like? I was just like, it's, it's funny. It was like, I think the story, the the background of just how creepy it was filming and all the little like trivia bits are Mm -hmm. much more interesting and spooky to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like, fuck, I can't imagine watching that in theaters way back then. Like that was probably so intense. So scary. Um, I had a similar with the exorcist, uh, childhood experience. I was a little older. I think I was a teenager, but I was watching it with a friend and one of the windows in the house shattered of its own volition. No oh. explanation was ever <laughs> found. It's we didn't find any insane story. I cannot believe that happened. Wow. And I was too terrified to watch it ever again until this podcast. And I also um, found it to be much less scary than I remembered. I mean, a lot of people refer to it as the scariest movie ever made, but I think because it was so terrifying in my brain from that moment, it made it feel a lot less scary watching it, Mm -hmm. you know, as an adult in this new, a new mindset. And I was more just appreciated it as like, it's just a really good movie. Wait, Sammy did it. When you rewatched it, did something weird happen again? Am I making that up? No, I did have to occur like it, with the same friend. We tried to watch it twice, and both times windows That's broke. What I'm thinking the of. second time it was a bathroom. Both window. times windows broke. I don't think it oh. fully broke, but it like but it, something happened. Something it, like like a little what do you call it, the little breaking crack. thing? A little crack went through it, and oh my. Yeah, I don't know. It was very, very weird. I don't know if someone You're being was throwing rocks at the window, but mm, and I ghost. mean, 
during this movie that we're talking about today, I had um, a light go out while I was watching it. Didn't love that. <laughs> so no. just strange occurrences happening in these demonic films. No. Fun times. Um, so have you seen, had you, you'd seen The Possession before? This is a film yeah, you'd seen? Uh, okay. Yeah, I saw it once um, and it just really stuck with me because I felt like it, it was so different from the usual like religious horror vibe stories we get. Everything's always very like Catholic standard, mm -hmm. you know, standard storyline. And I was like, oh, this is different. Like, this is kind of fun. Love the, I love the representation. Like, got some inclusivity. Ooh, okay. That's exciting. Inclusive demons. Okay. Interesting. I have no idea what to expect. I don't know what that means. So I'm excited to find out. I also love that it's based on something actually true. I watched a little like mini doc oh, on ooh. like what, where it comes from, like the true story. And it's wild. It's oh, wild. I, I want to hear about that. Um, at the end, let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Cause I was trying to find stuff on it and it sounded like genuinely pretty freaky. Yeah. But okay, let me tell you, this movie has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 45 on Metacritic, a 5.9 on IMDb. Budget was 14 million. It made 82.9 million. Oh wow. Pretty, That's good. Pretty damn good. Um I don't even I don't even remember when this movie came out. I like have no recollection of it, but that sounds like it did pretty well. I guess this was kind of before I was paying a lot of attention to horror movies so maybe that's not that crazy but i think it came out in 2012 i, I looked it up for yeah, one 2012 second. yeah and that's for a movie that i don't know it's right on the cusp but for a movie that like didn't has such a low rotten tomatoes for it to have made that much in the box office that's like interesting but yeah i, I think i couldn't find too much trivia but we'll talk about some of that uh, that true story trivia at the end okay great Okay, so let's just watch this trailer. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Hi. Hey. You're late. Kiddo, you ready to go? I'll have him back Sunday after lunch. Just healthy food, okay? No pizza? I'll give you $5 if you don't tell your mother. Make it 35 <laughs> Dad, you need dishes. Dad, look! Look, I'm a lady. <laughs> It says Dybbuk. And where are you? It's the Hebrew word for demon. What does this thing want with my daughter? The spirit is the taker of children. Him. Mommy, who am I? Once a box is opened, people die. Dad! Wings 
you will be protected. He will cover you. His truth. god okay so that's a pg-13 movie it like looks Isn't that way wild? scarier than that it was pg-13 i guess it was supposed to be r and then they edited it edited it down <laughs> it to get the pg-13 like rating but PG-13 it doesn't movie doesn't feel it, like one either really no what the f like it's terrifying i was i closed my eyes for the second half of the <laughs> trailer because i i couldn't i couldn't handle it it was too much. Speaking of Evil Dead, Sam Raimi is a producer on it. Forgot to mention that. And it definitely mm-hmm. has some of that Sam Raimi um, vibe. I've never seen that trailer before. I've never heard of this movie. Never I told seen you it. me neither. And no, so thank, God we're, thank God we're talking about it. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have never heard about it. That's the beauty of this podcast. Look at all these films that we're discovering. I know my brain, my brain is expanding. Uh huh. That's yeah, this is I'm really excited. I'm also terrified. And oh, man, possession movies are always about children being possessed. It's always <laughs> children. It, it does seem to go that way quite frequently. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Be oh, my God. Henry. Oh, my God. Okay, well, <laughs> I need to just like, gather my strength. I just had a cup of coffee. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. There you go. You're good. Um, It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. 
that's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, all right. Well, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. I want to hear about it. Let's do it. We start with a some text that tells us the following is based on a true story that happened to a family over the course of 29 days. Again, we'll okay, talk. Okay, hate that. Hate, hate that already. We'll talk more about this true story later, but... Okay, fine. It is spooky. Don't like that information. I don't want that to be in the back of my head uh, the whole time I'm hearing about this. Well, you know what's funny is that usually in movies when it says that, especially horror movies, I always think like, well, you know, yeah, right. Like, no, it's not. You're (laughs) lying in some way. But in the small amount that I read, I was like, oh, this actually is like pretty accurate. More than I thought based on a true story. Yeah. Pretty accurate. It's more of a cautionary tale too, I would say. Like now I know really like avoid avoid random boxes random wooden boxes yep no i'm good pass you're gonna want to leave those alone no one yeah no no more yard sales no more garage sales Mm -hmm. no more estate sales there's no reason to be purchasing things from the past (laughs) (laughs) that's right anything at all so we then are in a we're in an overhead shot of a town and we're hearing some whispering in polish Already unsettling this like, you know, just like just whispering is creepy. (laughs) And we see that the source of this whispering is a box with some Hebrew carvings in it. And there's a older woman just staring at the box. She looks like she's uh, been dealing with this box for a while. She's reached her breaking point with this box. She clearly knows something bad is up with this box. Okay. And she goes and grabs a hammer to uh, presumably smash the box. And as she raises it to smash this box, the whispering's like getting louder also at this this point. Um, and before she can smash it, the left side of her face starts drooping. She like drops the hammer and starts kind of looks like she's having a seizure. And the face drooping was really upsetting i thought <laughs> like looks really the, the special creepy. effects on this are like pretty wild like the facial distortions and stuff are like like really unsettling yeah, yeah. it's really was creepy looking and she falls to the floor and she starts convulsing and meanwhile we see um we hear her son arriving he's like knocking on the door saying mom and she is contorting and like bending. We see something very bad is happening to her. And then from outside the house, we just see as her son walks in and we hear him screaming like, mom, mom, as he finds her and we cut away. Okay, great. And we cut to Jeffrey Dean Morgan 
This is Clyde. Okay. Playing. He's a basketball coach. After he's done with his basketball practice, he goes to pick up his kids. Him and his wife, Stephanie, are like freshly divorced. So not ex-wife now, but it seems like um, they're, they're just like finishing up the divorce, still figuring it out. And Is Stephanie Kira Sedgwick? Uh-huh. Okay. Love her. Love, Love him. Her. I, um, what, is, what else has he been in? I don't actually like know him. I don't think. Well, originally Grey's Anatomy is what I knew him in. A okay. really beloved character in Grey's Anatomy. An absolutely okay. heartbreaking character. Sorry. No oh spoilers. God. Yeah. <laughs> no. God. And then uh, most more recently in The Walking Dead, he is Negan in that a very the opposite of his Grey's Anatomy character, just like a very hateable character. Or actually, I kind of fell off Walking Dead. Maybe he gets more likable, but we get introduced to him in a very unlikable way. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie has cleared all of his stuff out of his office. He's clearly upset by that. She's turned it into her jewelry room, which reminded me of paranormal activity. I don't know. Anytime I see anyone like making jewelry now in a horror movie, I just think of the little bracelet making table and paranormal activity. Something about it. I, I like, I like <laughs> just that little <laughs> detail. She has a new boyfriend, Brett. Who's a dentist. Oh, a dentist. <gasps> I know there's some dental the dental horror coming up. And yeah, yeah really. I saw glimpses of that through my, through <laughs> yeah. my, like, I was covering my eyes, but yeah. I saw some dental themed horror imagery yeah, in the trailer. Already. But he kind of has the vibe of the new boyfriend in Liar Liar. He was really giving me Carrie Elwes in, in Liar Liar vibes. He's like oh, very chipper funny. and just like clearly getting under... Uh, Clyde's skin mm -hmm. and so he's picking up the kids uh, for to take them to his place and Stephanie's telling him you make sure they eat healthy nothing that doesn't grow on trees no pizza and he gets them back to his place he's bought a new place doesn't have a lot of stuff in it yet but he's immediately we're, we're ordering pizza and there's you know he's saying don't tell mom um, and he's got a cute relationship with them they other than like it's clear that the divorce has been hard on the kids especially the younger daughter emily who is 10 i think and she you know mentions wishing that they would get back together like she still mm -hmm. has hopes of that and the older sister who now i can't remember her name is kind of making fun of her like they're not going to get back together and that upsets emily so but um other than that i mean i feel like clyde seems like a pretty good dad so they like spend the night at the, his new house and then the next day they're driving around and they drive past a yard sale and the older sister says how he needs dishes so we should stop by and check out this yard sale what could oh, go God. wrong famous last words <laughs> no more yard sales i mean don't obviously that's not a sustainable choice everyone yeah, should be shopping I mean, I, exclusively I yard, from sale. yard sales yeah i really do but for a full dish set maybe not maybe yeah. not my first choice <laughs> yep that's a good point other options there yep uh older daughter's name is hannah Hannah and Emily. Hannah and Emily. So they stop at this yard sale and at a familiar looking location that we might recognize from the opening scene. 
Mm. Emily immediately finds this box, is Great. drawn to it, which at first I was kind of laughing at, like, what little girl would want this box? But maybe there was some, you know, something supernatural happening. Yeah. Maybe it was an inexplicable... It was calling to her. Yeah. But I, she really wants this box. And I don't know. I was just trying to think. When I was a little kid, my grandma did actually have kind of a creepy box that I was a little fascinated with. So maybe it's not that weird. But like, it's not... I wouldn't normally think of a little girl being like, oh, I need this like old wooden box. Please, dad. Please, daddy. <laughs> not necessarily, but I can see some appeal if there's... Like, does she open the box or does it not open? It doesn't open. It's like a puzzle box almost. Like those those oh. wooden ones where it's like you don't know where to, you have to push in like all these secret mm-hmm. areas for it to open. So that could add to the intrigue. Mystery. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of fun. S- since the, the box was kind of like whispering eerily to the older woman mm-hmm. and it wasn't like, I mean, we didn't see it open. I would imagine it can like... You know, maybe draw call, you in draw with somebody something. Yeah, call to yeah. people. That's what I think is yeah. probably happening too. She's yeah. being drawn to it. And Clyde buys it for her. Sure, we can get this box. And as she's carrying the box away, she sees through the window of the house the woman from the opening scene in her bed, bandaged up uh, with a nurse tending to her. And she sees... Um, Emily through the window and sees that she's holding the box and she starts freaking out, screaming, banging on the window. And the nurse comes in, like runs to her side and like restrains her, calms her down. But we know she's very, very much not happy about Emily taking this box. God damn it. And back at home, they realize, yeah, that there's no way to open the box. She's asking her dad to help her open open it. There's no obvious way to open it, but they hear something rattling inside. So there must be a way to open it, but we just don't know how. That night, she's sleeping and hears it whispering to her again. We're hearing that same Polish whispering. And she goes over to it and is pressing around on the side and finds this little th- part of it that you pull out or push in. I can't remember. And it unhooks something, a little, little secret opening thing. And it, it pops open and she finds inside the box, um, some creepy shit. Okay. <laughs> it's a great. Real, there's a tooth and a, tooth. a dried out moth. That like a huge moth. They're like I thought they were cicadas, like but locust size. Yeah, moth. yeah, like big, big boy, big big moths big can boy. be terrifying when they're yeah, huge. They yeah. can be so big. Ugh, ugh. And they the have bodies like meaty bodies. Ew, yes. yeah, gross meaty bodies. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Nasty. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and she's like rummaging around in this box in a way that I felt like. I wouldn't touch this stuff so freely. But Stop again, rummaging. she's being, was like, she's was being some, drawn to it. There was like lock of hair, yeah. like weird. Like, of course. Yucky. Stuff you wouldn't want to necessarily immediately touch. <laughs> Getting your fingers all into. But she does. And one of the things she finds in there is a ring. And she puts it on. She is 10, I guess we have to remember. Yes. So. <laughs> and also potentially a- being, you know, called to do things right, that right, right. wouldn't, that aren't necessarily coming from her own decisions, perhaps. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut her some slack. 
Sure, just this once. <laughs> Not for the rest of the film. <laughs> so the next day, we see that the ring has like, I don't know if we see it yet, but the ring, it's starting to almost bruise around her finger. There's like a bluish tint to her it's skin blue. around the ring. Ooh. She's being really quiet and more reserved than normal. I think her sister's asking her, what's going on? Are you okay? She says, I feel funny. I don't feel like me, which is a mm-hmm. creepy line. Mm-hmm. And her sister's kind of just like, oh, you'll be, you'll be okay. You know, I guess you wouldn't jump straight to, well, if she's possessed. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Something really bad is happening. You know, she's trying to comfort her and... Uh, they're being taken back to their mom's house that day. And older sister, Hannah, she's uh, probably, I don't know, 13 or so. And she immediately narks on dad. Dad, dad, give us pizza. <laughs> and I thought it's so this- crazy to like not let your kids eat pizza. It's like such a funny thing. I feel like I ate pizza nearly constantly growing up. And which the mom in this like her character is kind of like her whole vibe is very like helicopter mom Mm -hmm. which okay there's there's some things where i'm like okay this mom is so involved like she would have caught her daughter's finger turning blue if she doesn't catch that part but yeah yeah i was thinking that too there's like a moment where i was like finally she's noticing something happening because seems like she should be noticing these things. They they kind of chalk up all her weird behavior throughout to like, oh, it's the divorce. Mm-hmm. Like she's just mm-hmm. having a hard time with the divorce, which I think the the sister says to her when she's like, I don't feel like me. She's like, oh, it's, you know, mom and dad and life's different and hard. Like, yep. That mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're with their moms for a while. But then the next time they come back to the dads they are uh, they arrive and the girls come in first and they see that something is in the kitchen there's things being thrown out of the kitchen uh, jars rolling out as if someone's going through the refrigerator and the cabinets and and raiding them and throwing food everywhere and so they're obviously very scared and Clyde comes in goes in front to check it out is calling out hello who's there and as he turns the corner we just hear something scuttle away and there's a dog door and the dog, the flap to the dog door is flapping back and forth. Like something just ran out and he lets out a big sigh of relief. Like, Oh, it's just a raccoon or something like that. It was just an animal. We're not so sure. (laughs) Oh, the term scuttling. I don't know. It was a scuttle too. Mm -hmm. It really is like, that's a scuttle. It's a scuttle if I've ever heard a scuttle. They have a dog door. I guess he just bought this house. He doesn't have a dog, yeah. though. No, There's they were no right. dog. It's a big, big dog door. Massive dog door. Like, full human hmm. can just easily yep. limbo through that dog door. That's yeah. too big. That's a way too big. Privacy concern, security yeah. concern. Yeah. They do mention, or the kids, when they first see the house, ask, can we get a dog? Because there's a dog door. And I didn't realize until right now that that's kind of a fun because dogs in horror movies are such a trope that it's funny that they um, acknowledged it. And then we're like, just kidding. We're not getting a dog because at, at that moment I'm thinking, oh, but, oh boy, they're going to get a dog and mm-hmm. it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they didn't. They, they nailed that dog door shut and think it was just a raccoon. We're fine. And later that evening, that 
box is whispering to Emily again, saying, Emily. <laughs> it's creepy and also made me laugh that Emily's not here this week because there's a lot of like <laughs> Emily content. A lot of Emily content. Maybe it's for the best, or unless she's possessed right now. Everybody pray for I Emily. Hope not. <laughs> Um, and she's sitting with the box. She's got the box open. She's staring into it. And Clyde is, I think, coming to, to put her to bed or something. And he walks in and he's, her back is to him. So he can see her reflection in the top of the box as if there's like a mirror at the top Mm -hmm. of the box. And it looks as if her face is melting similarly to the woman in the in the beginning where her eyes are drooping and just looks vaguely demonic and, and her scary. eyes go all white and weird <gasps> yep yeah it's like creepy and he he walks up puts his hand on his shoulder she turns around and she looks normal but very vacant like all through this she's looking a little gone behind the eyes so she looks okay. back at him with kind of an empty stare but not a demonic melty face stare it's her normal face but just looking Mm -hmm. kind of uh, empty the next day they're having breakfast and emily is absolutely going to town on her pancakes okay (laughs) yes not a breath not chewing just like gobbling and swallowing pancakes yeah at a pace that looks um as if it's yeah like a contest just just (laughs) shoveling them in and Clyde is saying you know uh, slow down Emily you don't need to eat that that fast and she's just stab plate shoving her mouth stab plate shoving her mouth and it's like a loud fork and plate noise. So the editing here is very like stressful because the sister is telling an animated story at this time. And we're just cutting back and forth to this fork slamming and it shoving in her mouth and the sister talking and the dad looking back and forth, like slow down and slow down. <laughs> and eventually he reaches out to her and is like, Hey, stop. Like you don't need to eat so fast. And she takes the fork and stabs it in his hand. Jesus Christ. Ouch. And Ouch immediately you see kind of a flash of actual Emily now uh, mm-hmm. saying, daddy, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, daddy. And clearly like very shocked and freaked out by what she has just done. Worst part of the possession films when the person flashes back, the real person like reenters the body for a second. Yeah. So with a just horrible reminder that they're still there somewhere. That yeah. fear of being trapped in, in your own body. Not in the driver's Ew. seat of your own body no, is thanks. a very scary thought. Yep. Disgusting. Hate that. <sighs> so then he sends her to her room and yeah, he's he very much knows that something is up with Emily. Mm-hmm. Mom Seems hasn't like caught it. on yet, but because she had, they have gone back to the mom's house soon, and you wonder what happened those couple of days. Because she must have been not fully herself. But, anyways, well, the box, the box is staying at the oh, dad's box house. Is at the dad's box is at the dad's. So house. I'm wondering, was she a bit more normal when she's back at mommy's house, mm-hmm. and then when she goes back to the box, it's like slowly like building up more. I don't know. That makes sense. Proximity okay. is probably a stronger force the closer you get to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. so they're getting ready for bed that night. I think we like go to the nighttime and Hannah is brushing her teeth and we see the uh, big moth flying in the background and, 
first, actually, we see that it sits on her toothbrush and she doesn't notice, which was a gross little gross. detail. <laughs> really gross. <laughs> and she like, then lifts it up and brushes her teeth with it because she didn't see it. Uh-huh. I'm like, ew, yuck. She's like hearing this fluttering around, fluttering around. And then I think she sees like or hears something from behind the mirror. Like it's one of those open up mirrors, like medicine cabinet mirror, opens it up and it is filled with moths. There's like a hundred in there. She screams. Clyde runs up, sees all the moths, is is also freaked out. What is going on? And we back out into the hallway and see more moths underneath the door to Emily's room and they walk over there, open the door and Emily's room. It's like a, a swarm <gasps> of moths, just uh, thousands. It's so many this moths. This is CGI, right? Do we feel like these are real moths that they released? It's definitely CGI, but it would be very really impressive if they were if like, they tried to do sorry, real moths. little actress, you're going to have to be in this room. <laughs> 1,000 moths swarming around you. That would be miserable. It's one thing to release 1,000 moths. It's another thing to like try to like wrangle them back wherever they need to go. What's the movie that used the real bugs though? It was um, either the Omen. Candyman. Candyman used Oh God, Candyman. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were no rules back then too. I mean, the rules are different nowadays. They were like, yeah, do whatever. Pass out. No. would pass yeah. out seeing a bee okay. and like within six feet of me yeah mm-hmm. yeah Ooh, it's didn't he put him in his way. mouth and stuff gross gross yeah he did a lot he did a lot he did There's so no much he paid enough for that tony todd pay him more yeah. uh so they he grabs emily pulls they run out of the house i think and oh sh- she was sitting there staring at the box when all the shit was swarming, too. So it's not like she was asleep. She was just like in the zone. Mm. Yeah. Completely unbothered by the moths. Mm. Just sitting cross-legged on the bed. Not a good sign. Emily's not okay. But the next thing I have written down, I might, sorry if I'm skipping something, but uh, is Emily getting ready for bed. I think maybe back at the mom's house, but maybe this is at the dad's house, but she's brushing her teeth now and starts choking. It's the dad's house. Dad's still. house still. And she's choking yeah. on something and she's trying to get something out from the back of her throat and trying to cough it up. Nothing's coming up and she can't figure out what it is. She like opens her mouth, looks in the mirror, can't see anything. So she grabs a flashlight and is shining it into the back of her throat. And as she does, we see two little fingers crawling up <gasps> from inside of her throat. What? And she drops the flashlight immediately, jump scare. And, and when she goes to look back, it's gone. Oh, but pretty My nasty God. like baby fingers they're pretty small like two like little demon. fingers just crawling like little demon there. fingers little demon fingers yeah. and she's getting uh, obsessed with this box she's constantly asking the dad like is my box okay where's my box sorry like don't touch my box <laughs> don't way that's so um i think as a parent you'd be like okay i mean and he does he's like okay what's the deal with your box <laughs> like tell me more about your box and she's saying, you know, just promise me you're not going to touch it. 
He's like, okay, yeah, I promise I'm not going to touch it. Immediately goes, opens that box, rummages through it, which I think is the, the you know, responsible thing to do. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. But it also reminded me of being a kid and a teenager and telling my mom not to touch my stuff and then her immediately going to do it and me being so pissed off. <laughs> like I fucking told you not read to read my diary. Yes, yeah. exactly. I know. I feel like I was so naive when I was little thinking that like my parents wouldn't do that or like my yeah. mom specific. My dad like didn't give a shit, but my mom would de- <laughs> was definitely going through my stuff. Like for sure. I would totally do that. Yeah, just out of curiosity. It's understand. It's like you're <laughs> in charge of their safety and lives and it's like you should know what they're doing what they're up to especially if they're being weird and freaky and staring at a box all day and it looks like their face is melting a lot of the time (laughs) you're gonna want to do some some extra prying and so yeah she she gets the box from the dad's house and throws it in a little duffel bag and takes it to school with her great Love a little show and tell moment at school with this old box. It's not, it's like f- funny though that she's just, it's not show and tell. She just like wants the box near she, her. It needs to be near her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a proximity thing. Mm-hmm. And some of the other kids in class try to grab it from her and they're laughing at her a bit and they, they grab it and open it. And she has a huge freak out. I was reminded of Isabel Furman in Orphan, where she mm. throws, she's screaming and she's hitting this kid that grabbed the box and she's like, that's my box. <laughs> Don't touch my box. She slaps the shit out of him too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The teacher has to pull her, pull her off. This is very out of character for Emily. So she, they call in the parents, Stephanie and Clyde, for a, a meeting that this um, she got violent with another student, and they think it's probably best for her to spend some time away from the box, or they're going to mm. keep the box at at school because she's being pretty weird about the box. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're going to keep it here, mm-hmm. and. This is again, Stephanie is going like, oh, well, the divorce, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, she's just thinking this is all it's about her. So- <laughs> it's not all about you guys. Even if it is about the divorce, it's like still maybe look into it a Alarming. little bit more. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit of red flag. It's still not okay. Like, but no, we're worried about pizza. Yeah. Pizza's the problem. Yeah. We're way more worried about the carbs these children are eating. <laughs> Sounds like an almond mom. <laughs> Um, so they leave the box at school and the teacher is, you know, finishing up her work at the end of the day. Well, it's nighttime now and she's like getting ready to, to go home. Which that, why, why are you, what teachers are hanging out at school after dark? Yeah, that's, that's way too late. It's too yeah. late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't pay teachers enough for that. You need to go home yeah, no. <laughs> as soon, as soon as you're done. Oh yeah. A lot needs to change in the, in the school systems. <laughs> uh, so she sees the box on the desk and I think maybe it's it whispering or something or like calling to her in some way. I can't quite remember, but then the, the, as she's looking at it, there's a little flag in the pencil holder case, like a little toy flag thing. And it starts flapping in the wind very aggressively, but it's there inside. So obviously there's no great sign, no drafts in there, no gusts of wind coming through here. And she looks at that and is 
confused by that. And as she's looking at it, we see little drips of blood on the desk in front of her. And she looks at that and reaches to her face. And we see that she is bleeding from her eyes. And... Oh, God. I think it just escalates into a full, like, she's flung around the room by this force, invisible force, and it just, uh, uh, eventually, I think she is thrown from a window or impaled on something. I can't quite remember, but she's done. She's thrown out a window. Yeah, thrown out a window. Oh, no. Because that force wants Emily. It's like, bring me back. Yeah. Bring me back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, punishment no. for separating from the box. Yeah, we're yep. definitely not paying teachers enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh so the next day, Clyde is thinking that he's going to be needing to comfort his daughter from the trauma of her teacher dying. And so he's talking to her on the phone at first, I think, and is like so what happened to, with your teacher was like really, really awful. Or like, how are you doing? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm fine. Where's my box? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. like, is my box Get okay? This girl a therapist. <laughs> um, so oh, wait, they go, were they at the diner for this? They, they go to the diner. Yeah, they might have been at yeah, yeah. the diner for the whole thing. And so again, she's like eating and eating at this pace that she's barely chewing and just like shoving food into her mouth, asking for more. And he, he's, I think she tells him here that she's talking to her friend in the box. He's, he's basically like, tell me more about the box. Like what's going on with this box. And she's like, that's my, I talked to my friend who lives inside of the box and she tells him it's a, it's a woman. And She's saying it all very matter of factly in between breaths of like shoving food into her mouth. She's like, yeah, yeah. My, my lady friend, my woman friend that lives in the box. Like, can I get some more food? (laughs) This isn't good. This isn't good news. Clyde is looking very disturbed. Yes, of course. She's looking around the restaurant. She says, can I, can I get some more? Can I get some more food? Because she's, she's still hungry and her like voice changes as she's still hungry, but in kind of like a subtle way, but it sounds like an older woman's voice just for a word or two that I thought was a, a nice little effect. Very creepy. And Clyde is like, all right, time to throw the box away. Um, that'll mm-hmm. solve it. We carry that box to a <laughs> dumpster. You wipe your hands off. You're good. <laughs> done and done. That box is coming right back. <laughs> and that night, Emily obviously knows that her box is missing. She's freaking out. She's in a nasty nightgown. We got to call that out. And okay. she's screaming at her dad. Where's my box? What did you do with it? And this fight is like getting intense and and he's like yelling at her like you did. You can't have the box like something bad is happening with the box. And then there's a slapping sound and she reaches to her face and looks at him with this look of um, shock like he's just hit her. And it's filmed in a pretty well, a good way where I did a bit of a double take, but you don't like see him hit her but it like looks convincing like maybe that's what happened but then it happens again and you kind of see that he didn't his hands do not move and so he also looks shocked and now hannah comes out of her room and just sees emily 
with like red handprints on her face saying like, dad hit me, dad hit me. And oh, no. he's like, no, I, I didn't. I, I swear I didn't. I would never. And she, Emily runs out of the house crying and, and in pursuit of her box, she runs to the dumpster that it's, uh, had been thrown in and, and, and fishes it out. Um, assume that she's able to locate it cause it's calling to her mm-hmm. and she has like a conversation now with the voice in the box. And I can't remember anything that they say. And I think the box is still, it's still whispering in Polish, but Emily's able to understand it and mm. is they're kind of having a back and forth. And I think it, it's basically asking if it can live in her or something like there's a point to which it asks something that it looks like Emily does not want. Like, I feel like there's a moment in her face where she's like, wait, what? No. (laughs) And, but it's too late. Yeah. Fuck. All all these moths appear and swarm and, and go down into her mouth and into her. Ew, 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 ew. And she's, um, she's possessed possessed now. Now now. it's fully a hundred percent. Yep. Full blown. hundred percent. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Also the fact that she like ran that far middle of the night in like middle of God knows where barefoot in a little nightgown, just all of that scary enough as is. Yeah. Terrifying. And not looking Dangerous. good for Clyde who Mm-mm. was yes. supposed now to be accused of abusing her. Yeah. So yeah, cut to divorce. Yikes. In court. And Stephanie being granted an emergency custody motion to to have full custody of the kids. He's telling her, Stephanie, you know, I didn't do this. I would never do this. And she's not believing him. And so she now takes the kids back to her place. And we see her and Brett in the box, I'm guessing. Although, does the box not even really matter anymore? Because like she's just possessed. I don't know. Where did the box go at this time? She still has it, but the, yeah, like nobody's alerted it. the mom that the box, which like, if I, I was him, I would have immediately been like, something's up. This is the like run of events here and something's yeah. fishy and either she's losing it or like something spooky is going on. Either way, I'm going to let y'all know. Something really, something really bad is happening and you should be aware and of really it. bad with the box. Yeah. yeah. And you would think also she, you know, Stephanie would know about her teacher, obviously. So yeah. Right. But again, pizza. Kira Cedric is just not paying attention. Yeah, we're just worried that, about pizza. We're That's worried it. about that pizza. And we see <laughs> we see a shot of Stephanie chugging some red wine at what seems to be early uh, mid-afternoon. So she's she's stressed and dealing with it in her own way. And okay. we see Clyde now uh, trying to find answers. He goes to a college professor and, oh, he has the box. He brings the box to this professor to basically ask, mm-hmm. okay, can you tell me anything about this box? And this professor looks at it, examines it, reads some of the Hebrew inscriptions in it. And he says, I think it's from Poland in the like 1920s or 1930s. And he says one of the words inscribed in it is Dybbuk, which is the Hebrew word for demon. Uh, and he tells us a little bit about Dybbuk boxes, which 
are it is it was thought that you could contain an evil malevolent spirit to this to these boxes yeah and he was like i think the inscriptions on it were basically like saying essentially don't open it and so he's telling <laughs> okay, him, he's like course. yeah as long as you know just this is essentially like don't open it warning death so as long as you don't open it you're good and he's like fuck okay. uh, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and so then clyde goes back home and he's we get a little research montage he's googling jewish exorcism l- looking into all this like what can i do and he eventually goes to Stephanie's house when I think Stephanie's not there, but um, Emily is staying home from school because she doesn't feel good because she's possessed. And And so he's able to go into her room and he reads her Psalm 91. And as he's reading this passage to her, she's previously what looked like completely asleep. The second he starts reading it, her eyes open wide. She's looking not pleased. She turns over to face him and she's given him this real evil glare. Mm-hmm. He's persevering through the reading and there's now a draft in the room and the pages are getting blown and he's just right. like, okay, I got to keep reading. And then eventually she gives him this final look and the book is flung across the room. And I think at that moment, Stephanie comes back and is basically saying, you know, you're you're against the what are you doing in here? Court order yeah. right now. You need to get the fuck out of here. Oh, jeez. And he's like, our daughter's possessed. Yeah, like hello. <laughs> when she's when he's reading and she's looking at him like angry. There's also tears running down her face, so it's mm. almost like the spirit, the demon's angry. There. But Emily's like, help. Yeah, oh, that's, that's so another sad. little yeah. her little um, actual Emily shining through. That's so, so, so sad. Awful. Um, so then I don't remember how Clyde finds this person, but he finds a rabbi. Okay. Rabbi uh, Zedek and basically goes into like this room of all these rabbis and is, I think still has the box and is now showing it to them and basically just asking for help. And can any of you help me? And they all seem like very scared by, by the box like they're like mm, i don't think so like i think we'd rather not like did you like open a bunch it? Of them walk away yeah yeah and he's like my daughter opened it my 10 year old daughter opened it and they're like "Ooh, yeah mm, sorry <laughs> doesn't sound good good luck so they won't help him and he's looking so desperate and he's like please if it was your oh. daughter or they say something like we'll leave it uh, in God's hands, to the will right? of God or something yeah 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 and he's like if it was your daughter would you leave it to the will of God and Zadok feels he's he's the only one that feels like compelled to help him. And so he he follows him out as he's leaving and he's like, I will help you with the exorcism. He's a bit more like modern vibes, too. It's like his his mm. dad and all the elders are much more traditional old school. So mm-hmm. I kind of warn him of that. But he's like when I, Clyde rolls up. It's actually played by Modest Yahoo. I don't know if you remember who that is. I like remembered oh. the name because I looked him up because I liked him. And I remember the name, but I don't really remember ever listening. But he's a musician, right? He like, or yeah, a rapper? yeah, yeah. So he plays this kind of like 
maybe a bit more progressive modern, but they're in the, the Hasidic community in Brooklyn. So where I forget where the possession is actually taking place, but he drives, you know, two, 300 miles mm. to Brooklyn to oh. the Hasidic community. And is like, I know y'all can help me like somebody in here. Help me, please. Yeah. You guys. Wow. Know. I love this idea that like rabbis or like priests would secretly know about exorcisms just like kind of be trained like on the side like you should know yeah like just yeah do they learn that where do they learn that i mean ask (laughs) tim um he certainly hasn't told me so i don't know he better brush up on his exorcism skills it's the only reason i feel safe in my own home (laughs) (laughs) is he is is this person a rabbi a priest my so my husband is a uh Episcopalian priest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, where's the training? We need the backstory. He's got to brush up on his demonology. I've been joking with him that he better know how to, like, the only useful thing that he could bring to the table with his profession is knowing how to do an ex- exorcism. And he laughs, but there's something going on. <laughs> he won't be laughing when it happens to us. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so he has one man willing to help him. And meanwhile, back at Stephanie's house now, Stephanie hears some, something rummaging in the kitchen, like scuttling around a, a scene we saw earlier, uh, food flying. And she turns the corner and we see that it is Emily just Again, shoving food into her mouth, like absolutely like raw meat. Oh, yeah, the ew, raw ew, meat, ew, 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 like ew, dangling ew. from her mouth, and like she's just um, rabid, basically, just like devouring everything. And this is the the moment now that Stephanie, I feel like, for the very first time, like, is like something <laughs> seems not right. <laughs> So she's trying to approach Emily. She's trying to calm her down and say, Emily, like, are you okay? Put that down. Emily runs behind uh, the like kitchen counter and is, is yelling at her. Emily's not, Emily's not here right now. Emily's not here right now. And (laughs) and she's like, she's pretty creepy. And she's throwing um, glasses at her mom. She's knocking cups and mugs off the counter. And so it's just has all this broken glass and porcelain now on the phone Mm. or on the floor that Stephanie has to walk through and, um, barefoot, barefoot. (gasps) Ooh. And it looks bad. And this is something that, um, happens. I feel like, well, I think in the case of your child being endangered, you'd probably Walk on glass, push through some pain (laughs) of walking on glass. But I'm like, if I get one tiny little amount of glass in my foot, I'm like, I can't, I'm I'm out. Like I need to sit down. I'd have to get that out. I'd be like screaming in pain. I'm going to grab grab a slippy real quick. I'll be right back, Emily. I know (laughs) this is important, but obviously I need some shoes right now. It's an emergency, but I have a friend that, that, um, recently pointed out the little, thing that happens in a lot of not just horror movies all movies where people seem like they can slice their whole palms open very easily i feel oh, like that yeah. happens in so that? much <laughs> so much stuff that they're able to just be like, like be like and do it and it's like no yeah. if you had to and cut so your deep, palm deep, open like, like that <laughs> you'd be absolutely screaming in pain <laughs> but it's just snuck its way in into movies to as if it's just a totally normal thing to be able to completely slice your whole palm open without and the recovery too much. from that like 
yeah. days of no hand Yeah, hand then dudes. your palm is fully sliced open for a long time. <laughs> yeah, not not ideal. Yeah, so this kind of reminded me of that of her just walking across the glass. Although she does make it look, you know, painful. She's not having a. She's not happy about it. She's not having a good time. And Emily kind of disappears at some point. She it's dark. It's nighttime. So she like slinks into the shadows and and Stephanie loses sight of her and is calling out for her. And we see Emily's now behind her with a big piece of glass in her hand. Stephanie's like backing into her, uh, not realizing that she's behind her. And then Emily jumps on her, but then briefly becomes Emily again and she's crying and she like jumps and hugs her and she says she's saying mommy who am I oh I hate that and she still has a piece of glass and it's and we see that she's having this battle with something inside of herself where it looks like she's still being compelled in some way to stab her mom with the glass but she's able to overpower it and so she does not stab her mom great (laughs) uh then the next day we see brett leaving for work going to the the dental office um what is it with yeah i mean the dentist is on the mind today i know i know i'm gonna have a teeth dream tonight especially Mm -hmm. after this part so he's (laughs) leaving for work and now Emily is just looking full demonic possessed. She has like dark circles under her eyes. She's like so pale, just staring at him wide eyed (sighs) on the front lawn, looking like she's (sighs) casting a spell. Like she's looks like she's up to no good. (laughs) It's It's getting windy. Oh, yeah. Windy. He sees her and is like, Emily, um, what's up? Like, what's, <laughs> Emily, what's, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> and she says, I think you should leave. And I was thinking, I think you should leave. Comes out May 30th. <laughs> I was got excited. It'll be out by the time this episode comes out. Love, I think you should leave. And uh, he's saying, I, again, like thinking that it's about the divorce and him being the new boyfriend, <laughs> which I guess, you know, I think you should leave could be in- interpreted that way. Uh, but then he, uh, as these, the winds are picking up and her hair's blowing and there's very, um, sinister vibe. Uh, he reaches to his mouth and one of his teeth falls out. Right. Then in rapid succession, all the rest of them start falling. He like basically <gasps> reaches up to his mouth and his teeth just one by one are all falling out of his mouth. And this is, yeah, this is exactly my, my go-to mm-hmm. nightmare. Mm-hmm. I have it all the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> teeth so falling out. So many people. So many. It's such a common one. It's a common teeth one. Falling such out. a weird one. Oh, I yeah. think too, he was like, he said he was, um, after the like freak out in the kitchen, I guess he showed mm-hmm. up that night and was like, don't worry, babe, I've got a like mental health specialist friend that's like the best and works with kids. We can take her there mm-hmm. in the morning or something. So I think he was okay. getting ready to take her there. Got it. And okay. so, yeah, that this demon does not want that. No, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised. I thought I was going to have a teeth dream last night because it seemed, you know, top of mind but i actually had a dream that a komodo dragon bit my butt <laughs> what <laughs> what wait okay have you told jenna of that? course i told her first Jenna's thing terrified it's because of, of jenna terrified of komodo yeah dragons. our friend jenna silent jenna 
is very, very scared of Komodo dragons. And actually in the dream, it was Jenna and I on vacation and there was a Komodo dragon there. And I was like, oh, Jenna's going to be so mad. <laughs> She's going to be so <gasps> upset. so funny. And then it started chasing us and I was trying to like climb up a, a rope or a tree or something and it jumped and it bit my butt. Oh, oh, dreams are so weird. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you about my dream? Um, it's dreams are like, whatever. I'm just going to tell you anyway. Okay. I had a dream that Silas was um, slicing open watermelons with a chainsaw <laughs> and I was like letting him do it. And then I had a realization like halfway through, I was like, wait a minute. Chainsaws are dangerous. Wait, and like, I shouldn't oh, just shit. let him. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. And so then I was like trying to get the chainsaw away from him. And then I woke up and I was like, what the fuck was that about? Hmm. Mm. Chainsaws, watermelon on the mind. I guess so. It's, you know, it's almost summer. Is it summer? Watermelon season. <laughs> That's what that means. Nothing to do with um, your fears about parenting. <laughs> Nothing to do about fears about Silas's safety. <laughs> My own like skill at mothering. Yeah. No, it was about watermelon mostly. I think that's the takeaway. Um, so then... They are taking her now to, they like obviously know something is very wrong, though we don't see, I think, much of the aftermath of Brett losing all of his teeth. Does he just yeah. kind of flee he after He just drives that? off. I Which guess I think he probably maybe terrified. There's, there's got to be like, I don't know, maybe in the uh, the other cut of the movie. Yeah, the extended, the, the, the rated R version. Yeah. Maybe we saw where Brett went. What? Oh, oh. Wait, 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 wait. There was another part that um that was right before this where mm. like he's in the he's in the garage or something. Oh yes, yes. Prior to the even yeah. I forget if this is after the kitchen scene or before or before the driving, but at some point prior to him losing all his teeth, he's in the garage and she rolls up and she basically says, like, I don't like you. And she's holding this old tooth that was in the box. Yeah. Mm. and she's like it's like she's okay. plotting and he and he basically is when she says like i don't like you um i think you should leave or something like that mm -hmm. he was like essentially like tough shit i'm not going anywhere like get used to it mm. so i think that's okay. when she's like she had to ramp it up play these games yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll mm -hmm. see if you're not going anywhere yeah she called his bluff so after brett leaves then i think somehow Stephanie must find or like realize something is really wrong. Something is very bad. And so they take her now to the hospital. Um, oh, she was seizing. She was seizing on the grass oh, after he left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she ran out and was like, Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. So we take her to the hospital and now she's getting an MRI in the craziest looking, uh, uh the stuff that's over her reminded me of the, 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 material that they pack fruit in sometimes you know like a pear will come in that mesh oh yeah she's like yes i remember seeing this in the trailer and i've never seen that before and i mean it must be a real thing like i don't know why they would just add that in there for no reason that was also a very large mri machine i'm like oh yes like 10 people in there so i don't know is her whole body covered in that mesh Pretty much. It's like her head and her head and torso, I think. So maybe it's like a thing they do for children to protect them in MRIs. I don't know. That's terrifying. That's maybe scary. so they're not too wiggly. Yeah. yeah. That's so it's scary. Really yeah. scary. Yeah. MRIs are scary enough. Yeah. It yeah, did no look thanks. scary. But so now they're all in the 
room with the monitor where they're looking at the results of the scans and like everybody's in there, which I don't think they would normally allow like the, the, the mm. mom and sister, they're all like just mm-hmm. like standing right behind the doctors looking over their shoulder. Like, let's take a peek at these MRI results. <laughs> and, yeah. And like anal- analyze them together. Yeah, let's in, all see in them together time. in real time. <laughs> I felt like a music studio almost like where they're like in yes. the control room and <laughs> like they're just all hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting images coming back slowly. It's kind of taking looks like one like layer at a time, like it's going deeper into it or something, or just getting clearer as more information is coming in. And so the scans at first were like seeing something looking a little weird, kind of next to where her heart is. It's like, what what is that right there? Moving a little bit too. mm -hmm, Moving and just different enough that your eye is drawn to it. And they're all also looking at it, trying to make sense of what that is thinking, is that going to clear up as we are getting a new version of this scan, but it's just kind of looking worse and worse as we're getting more detailed. And eventually we're able to make out that it looks like a face, like a person's face in there. Wow. Can you imagine if this is a real thing? If you are possessed, just get an MRI to double check. There's just like a little demon like, hey, <laughs> a demon right there. That would really there's your proof. simplify some things. Yeah, you'd be like, well, yeah, there's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little demon guy in there. So as they're seeing this, they're freaking out and Clyde and Sadik are arriving at this time ready to do their exorcism. They've got their gear. This is where I feel like I started feeling like Sam Raimi vibes. Mm. Oh, they were, they were, even before they got there, the, what's his name? Zadik? Zadik. Uh, mm-hmm. Zadik, yeah. So they're driving in the car and he's basically saying like, we need a name. He's like looking all over the box. He's like, mm. we need the demon's name to to get rid of it. Like, if you don't know the demon's name, you can't do an exorcism kind of vibe. And he's like, I've looked everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And then Zadik like punches the the mirror that's inside the box and sees the name, like this name in Hebrew is carved into the box and it's the name of the demon. And it's like Abizu or something. And it translates to taker of children. Mm. Oh, fuck. Not good. Mm -hmm. Don't love that. No, Um, no. And Abizu, no relation to Pazuzu from the exorcist. That was one of the trivia names that I saw. Um, They're both uh, apparently real demons well you know the the real demons quote unquote real (laughs) yeah but yeah just similar names abizu and pazuzu i wonder if they hang out it's actually are cute names i feel like that's someone's cat's name like i bet it it sounds like what's the name of the um bird in the lion king zazu um yeah zazu yeah they're just like relatives of zazu (laughs) the the three of them all hang out (laughs) bizu and zazu (laughs) Uh they run into um the hospital room where emily's at and the mom is there and the sister and they they had both seen little baby demon on the mri Mm -hmm. scan Mm -hmm. so the Mm -hmm. mom is like okay clearly like there's really something up and clyde runs in with um Zadok and she's like there's there's something wrong with Emily like something along those lines and he's like fucking think duh I would have been like I told you <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but basically 
she was like, or they, they were basically like doctors aren't going to be able to help or like, they're not going to be able to help her with this. Are they? And Zadik says something funny. She was like, she was like, can you help us? And he's like, well, yeah, I can help. Like, what do I look like a doctor? Like I can actually do something helpful. So <laughs> he says it in a kind of cheeky, like doctors are useless kind of way, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Clyde is like, okay, we, you know, we got to get her out of this room for whatever reason, because obviously like doctors wouldn't be cool with an exorcism being performed. Um, and he somehow knows that there's a physical therapy room on like in the basement or some other floor that is not being used, I guess, from his coaching days, he knows this. And Mm. so they pick her up and get into an elevator together, which like that for me is always like, you're going to take a demon into an elevator. That's a a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. I was was surprised they didn't take advantage of that moment because, you know, I feel like it was a kind of you know, yeah. set up. But anyways, elevators are scary. Yeah. yeah. Like shut down the elevator and they got to like crawl out. No, yep. they safely get down to the physical therapy room and, um, and they put her down on some kind of table situation. And so it's like, uh, the mom, the sister and the dad are holding her down and Zadok is setting up and ready to read some kind of passage and say some prayers in Hebrew. And, so they're, they're going at it. And he basically says like, this demon is going to do whatever it can to stop us from finishing this, this ritual. Like we have mm-hmm. to finish once we start, we can't like half-ass exorcism and like to be continued tomorrow. So <laughs> it was like, we have to make sure this completes. And so he starts and then Emily starts freaking out and, you know, screaming, being all over, all over the place, yelling, saying other stuff. I don't remember what she says. And then it gets to the point where Clyde is yelling into Emily's face, like, take me, take me instead, trying to like have the demon jump, which as a parent vibe, I get like why one would do that. But I'm also like, you really think it's a good idea? Like, what's your plan after that? Right. Your biggest yeah. right. That seems a little demon right. in you. Like, Short-sighted. <laughs> keep it in the baby girl. Yeah. Keep it in the baby girl and handle it that way. Like smaller package. Yeah. But yeah. So he's yelling and then she ends up getting super riled up and like basically is able to somehow jump on Zadok and like hold him down. And I forget if she's like trying to choke him or something. Mm -hmm, I think so. Yeah. She's like holding him down on top, trying to choke him. So he can't continue with the prayers that he's saying. And Clyde and everybody ends up pulling her off and she books it and she runs out. And so Clyde's like, hell no, let me get her back, runs after her. And they're going through like, you know, all these halls of the basement, um, which also happens to be right next to the morgue. I'm like, that's an interesting place to put a physical therapy room, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we go into this basically blacked out morgue and you see like bodies lying on tables, not in any freezer, just tables with sheets on them. Yeah, we just leave them out. Yeah, just I was like, okay, I'm just letting him thaw a little bit, I guess. <laughs> so he's like got a little flashlight and he's yelling like, Emily, Emily. And then we see an exit sign, which is actually a really cool shot. It's like the whole room is dark. There's an exit sign centered with some like red light shining down and she's mm. against the wall with her head head looking down. Yep. And she's oh. starting to repeat. Um, I forget what she's repeating, but she's it's saying, something like, Daddy, you're scaring me. Oh, yeah. <gasps> 
So she oh, says, like, that. Daddy, you're scaring me. And then this, like, kind of weird cry noise. And it's looping on repeat as if it was recorded. And Ew. even the giggle, like, every little bit, it's, like, identical. This is when also a light went out in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's just on a timer. But I've never had it on for long enough to know that before. And so it did scare me. I was just like, why did that light just go out? Oh, my God. But then I walked back Ew. over and it... it turned back on just fine but yep just don't love that that's that's very scary i i think that she like lunges at him at some point and Mm -hmm. it like looks like they're having a physical fight again maybe she's trying to strangle him now but something happens that they end up like looks like embracing and zadik and the rest of them like arrive and find them and it looks like maybe they're hugging and we're not sure if yeah like is this is it is it over they're 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 holding each other and i forget if we're somehow in back in the physical therapy room or right. if the lights just turned on in the room they were in yeah but they're holding each other and it's like their heads are you know laying in each other and the ring that was on her hand which Throughout the whole movie, it gets like bluer and bruisier going up her arm. So they're holding each other and the ring falls off onto the ground. And so we're like, okay, "Okay, is this done? And we kind of get a sense that Emily is back to Emily. And Zadok is like, this isn't right. There's, this is not right. This is not how this goes. Like we didn't, we didn't finish the things like where, where is it? Where is the demon? (gasps) And so he's like looking around, like something's off. And then we see... It's in Clyde. Oh, so, no. Yeah. It listened to Clyde. Yeah. He let himself be open and it jumped in. And yeah, not oh ideal. Not ideal. So Emily kind of like, we see, okay, this is bad now. Zadok has the box and all the things. And Emily kind of runs over to her mom and is like, mommy. And she's, you know, she's back to Emily now. And we see Clyde. I think he kind of flies across the room and hits the wall. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's like sitting on the ground with his head down. I think Zed- Zedek is like, is yelling the like passages. He's like trying to do the continue with the exorcism. And he's like, right. yeah, the like lights are probably flickering in the room. Like, yeah. And we see a hand start crawling out from <gasps> Clyde's mouth. That. It's really Oof. gross. Yeah. And yeah, it's really gross. I think climbs all the way out, though. I don't know if we see it climb all the way out. We see like a little like ugly, like Gollum-esque demon yeah. face. Yeah. And he's like, like yelling the demon's name. He's like screaming, Abizu, Abizu. And the whole room is like, you know, wiling out. It's like you're in a little mini tornado. Yep. And then I think he just kind of like handled it. He gets that Am in, I the, missing it, something? in the box. No, I think it's in the box. Abizu gets back in, yeah. back in that box. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So he just yeah. crawls right out of Clyde? Yeah. Yep. He like really, Modest Yahoo really like popped off and mm-hmm. he got like her knew out. what he was doing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And he throws his little, okay. not, is it like a shawl? Like the, mm-hmm. it's like a kind of prayer cloth mm-hmm. that he had over his head. And so he puts that over the box with the book he was reading from. And they're just kind of like, oh, and he grabs the ring off the floor and it's just kind of like, all right, done. I guess like we're good to go. We're good to go here. Yeah, like good job, team. We we oh did my God, it. That's so funny. Just another day in the life of a rabbi. Yep. Yeah. And so after that, then I think it cuts to 
we're at the family house now in the morning and it's Clyde is like, you know, got his glasses on, just woke up making breakfast and the ex-wife, which we're getting the vibe now that they are getting back together. Um, they're mm. like bonding in the kitchen and it's like, Oh my God, that was so crazy. And <laughs> he coughs and she's like, Oh shit, it's demon. Like, no, just, Oh, just a cough. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> what a funny inside joke to have as a family. Right? Was a yeah. Real fun. Remember real when fun. my daughter was possessed and then you Imagine. were possessed. <laughs> And then he gets a call or he calls, I forget. Um, he's on the phone with Zadik, who's driving, driving Clyde's car uh, back to New York. Which Yeah. And he I, says, I, I need to like, figure out how to get your car back to you. And Clyde says, just keep it. I'm not going anywhere. A BMW. Which is like a crazy thing to keep say. Keep BMW. <laughs> <laughs> keep it. And he's your got car? the box with him. He, yeah. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> this, uh, this is a good a barter system, like mm-hmm. a, a car for an exorcism. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. All right. He's got the box sitting next to him in the driver's seat or the passenger seat. And he's like, I think Clyde asks him, what are you going to do with it? And he's just like, I'm going to put it somewhere where it's, you know, we don't ever have to worry about this happening again. And then um, he hangs up the phone and then a semi comes and smashes the side of the car, absolutely demolishing it. Goodbye, Zadik. And then oh, we no, see Zadik. bye-bye. And we see the car completely demolished. People are running over, like, oh my God, what happened? And then we see the box is nice and safe on the side of the street, ready to be picked up by somebody new. Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Is that the end of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end. God damn it. Somewhere a little Polish whispering or maybe even singing a little song, a little creepy lullaby. Cute. No, the rabbi died. I'm so sad. I know. What a bummer, right? What a bummer. He was the hero of the story. He's, what are we going to do next time? There's a possession. Whoa. That was great. Really fun. Really fun. But yeah, I'm dying to hear more about what you read about the true story. Yes, Can me you tell too. us a little bit about the... Okay, yeah, the OG. So yes. I actually, when I was looking, I think the first time I watched it, it was on Netflix or something years ago. And when I was looking to rewatch it, it was kind of nowhere. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy a Cinemax like membership right, right. here. So I, that's what I was thinking too. Like who has Cinemax? Yeah, it was it was under some like Hulu plus like bonus package, but I, I didn't even know Cinemax was still a thing. So yep. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's you know, six bucks to buy it. I like it enough to throw it on in the background just for a relaxing evening. So mm-hmm. I'll buy it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And they they had um they have some extras on there. So I went in and one of them is like a documentary about the real box and it's, it's short. Mm. It's like a 15 minute bit, but we get to see the original person who bought it, like the Clyde type character. And then the person who currently owns it. And we see that actual box as well and where it's kept. And then there's also, there's also a really interesting story about Post Malone and this box, which is funny. Whoa. what? Yeah, random. Was he possessed? <laughs> what if Post Malone oh, yeah, was he possessed? May be, he may be didn't. cursed. He, there are thoughts that he was cursed after an, an interaction with the box. But my God, basically, this guy, um, he got this this box, I believe, from a like a, a yard sale, and mm-hmm. um, it it didn't look all complicated. It was like kind of like a 
I guess it was supposed to be like a wine box, mm. but it is some kind of uh, significance to Jewish culture where you open it and like all the bits open at the same time. So the light of God can, you know, be equally dispersed upon the contents of the box. Mm. So it's kind of got some cool little trapdoor action happening. He gets it, brings it home and weird shit immediately starts happening where the mother, his mother, she touched it and she immediately had a stroke, which is kind of like what happened to the lady in the beginning of the movie. Like that actually happened. So she had a stroke. Um, All these people in the house, the guy himself as well, start having like weird health problems, just weird stuff happening. So they basically tried to give the box back to the family. Like, oh, we must've bought this on accident or, you know, something like that. And they didn't want it back. So weird stuff started happening. I forget how it got to the next owner who has owned it for a long time, but this guy is more like of a sciencey dude. He ends up taking over the box and is trying to really understand like the background on it and the, you know, all this stuff. And then all this creepy shit starts happening in his house. So he ends up taking the box and knows it's got some demonic shit going on. He's tested it for all these different things. Like, could it be, I don't know, like there's no weird, um, poison or, or like toxic anything on this box. He's tested it and swabbed it and done all the things. So it's just a wooden box. So he ends up taking it and putting it in the basement of a house he owns next door to his house and is like, you know, I'm going to put it here. It'll be safe and safe and locked down here. Nobody will be able to touch it. It'll be fine. Nobody else will have any more problems. So he goes down to check on this box at some point, like weeks later, a month later, I think it was like weeks later. And the entire box like or the wall next to the box is covered with like hundreds of these centipedes like these centipede looking things yeah all (gasps) congregating around it almost like they're kind of basking in the energy of it and he had never seen bugs like this ever and so he's like yeah centipedes are gross those are particularly gross yeah so not one in that area let alone hundreds all just like in this little square next to the box it's so gross i fucking hate i'd be so stressed oh disgusting and then the whole basement is also covered in this weird like white film like almost like a white mold and there's pictures of all of this it's kind of like veining all around the the concrete walls all of the bugs in there like spiders were all covered and like it's like they were dead mid web building so all these spiders that look like they got hit with a like a fire extinguisher or something what the fuck yeah so they're like what the hell is that so he ends up taking the box out um, and somehow I forget gets a hold of some type of um, Jewish somebody who scholar or something that knows more about this. And they basically tell him what he needs to do and like more about the box that it is a, a Dybbuk box. There's, you know, demon action, blah, blah, blah. So you need to seal it a certain way. So he gets, some kind of like sacred wood, like acacia wood has a box built. And they, the Jewish scholar person told him it needs to be lined with 24 karat gold. I'm like, Ooh, oh my God. God. This is real yeah. golem. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that is going to really contain it extra, extra, extra. So he ends up having this box built and we see the box. He pulls it out and he opens the containing box. So we see like the gold inside of it. And then he ends up sealing it up and then putting it in this storage container, putting it away. The whole basement that was all covered in white yuckiness, that stuff was just magically gone after, which like, what the hell? No way. Yeah. That's insane. Super weird. No so, way. Yeah. So he's like him and um, like his health problems had gone away. All the, all the weird stuff went away basically once he put this in that gold magical box to contain it extra hard. And as of the documentary, that's where it still lived. It still lives until someone comes and it? he sold it to this haunted museum in Las Vegas that is full of haunted bits, which I would love to go there. Um, But yeah, a little scary. But I guess (sighs) Post Malone went there with his friend. And this box (sighs) is sitting in the middle of the room, not covered by all of its, you know, like do not touch action. And I guess they're in this room and there's a security, there's security camera footage of this happening where his friend is touching the box, touching it. And post Malone goes to grab his friend while he's touching it. Like, dude, come on. So there was some, but after this, apparently there was like a really weird series of events with post Malone where he had like a car accident and a something crash and a, this and a, that like back to back, really weird stuff that happened to him jesus so they're assuming that he wow. was cursed by kind of in- interacting with this box somehow yeah i mean when you hear based Wild. on a true story you don't normally think of that being the story it's usually like yeah there's a box yeah. nothing's really ever happened with it but you know like i feel like Very this weird. is this is more <laughs> more than i'm used to being um, yeah. true. And, uh, apparently, yeah, that's crazy. Like five days after they finished wrapping, shooting the film, their storage room where they were keeping all the props caught on fire and burned down. Um, Ooh, so I hate to hear it's it. Never a good sign. When there's a curse yep. on curse a film set. set. It's never a good sign. Yeah. Oh my God. No one go to that museum. That museum is bad news. Scary Don't times. touch the box. Yeah. Why Don't would touch you? the box. Yeah, at least put it in one of those like those plexiglass, yeah, little plexiglass whatever, container. like the, where the Annabelle doll is, like lock it down and bless <laughs> yeah. it and do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Uh, that was terrifying. I'm not going to think about it when I'm up in the middle of the night tonight. I'm not going to think about that box. Um, but kittens, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And will you please tell our listeners where they can find you and, and where they can check you out? All the social medias, um, at I am kittens. So like I am multiple baby cats and yeah, that's, that's kind of the main one. So all the other stuff is on there or you can go to kittensworld.com. Great. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining us and thanks for having me. We like to end with a voice. I guess I'll just do a little demon voice. A whisper, I guess. Mm-hmm. A yeah. whisper. A yes, Polish demon a whisper, whisper, maybe. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. I struggle to do the Polish part. It's going to have to be English, but I'll say, from all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch, goodbye. 
Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.